0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me because there are a million things you could be doing right now. And I really appreciate your time. So, in the interest of that, just a little bit of housekeeping and then we'll get into this fantastic episode with my dude, Ian. So, if you've been trying to get a hold of me on the text chat, And I have not been responding. I apologize. The app has been bugging out on me a little bit. And I am working with tech support to try to resolve that. It has been very problematic suddenly out of nowhere. So I'm working on that. And I will let you know when things are back up and running. So if you're trying to get a hold of me and you have a question or you have a concern or anything I can help with, please hit me up via email, info at And I will get to that as soon as possible. Apologize for any headaches that that has caused anyone. I am not ignoring you. I'm simply not receiving the messages at this moment. So working to resolve that as soon as possible. Additionally, if you are a top tier Patreon supporter, please make sure you check your inbox. I sent out a request that everybody update their addresses and I don't know that everyone has received that. So please go in and update your addresses. And let me know as soon as it's done because, well, you can probably do the math as to why I may need your addresses updated. So those are the two little pieces to get out of the way. Let's get right into this interview with Ian Martin Allison. Here we go. hello everyone welcome back to another episode of the tone mob podcast the show about guitar stuff occasionally sometimes i'm your host blake wyland and with me today i have ian martin allison from the internet really he's got like he's (laughs) i think most people are probably familiar with you through scott's bass lessons but you've got your own stuff cooking too so it doesn't feel fair to just say that but uh ian and i met briefly at gear fest after you know kind of you know I don't know, internet chatting here and there over the years and uh, I thought why not get him on the show. It's kind of stupid that I haven't had him on to be honest. So here we are. We're doing the thing and we're off to the races. So the best place to start is probably just let's tell people about you. Like when did you start <laughs> playing bass?
1: <laughs> well, dude, hey, thanks for having me. And I mean, just just to go back to that Sweetwater thing for a second. It was so funny. Like that event, we were at GearFest. Have you been to GearFest before? Like, No, is that, that was a the thing? first
0: time I'd ever been there.
1: Man, ever. me too. And I, I'm i kind of like new to the internet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm new to the content <laughs> game. Yeah. I mean, I'm old, man. I'm 43. And I came up playing in a bunch of different bands and, and as a side musician, and then like really started to take the internet, like Instagram in particular, really seriously, right after I turned 40. So about, three years ago and that's when the Scott's bass lesson stuff happened. So when I met you for the first time out there, I was just like, this is, this is crazy. This is so fun. It's like all the people I've seen on the internet, you know? And dude, there was like a there's a funny moment where, you know, we're all there and there, you know, vendors that had like little, you know, like swag bags and stuff. And I'm still like the puppy where I'm like, ooh, like, ooh, a shirt. Oh, like, oh, yes. pics. You know what I mean? And I was hanging around some real cool customers, man, like <laughs> like hanging out with uh oh, like with Rat and um also Aaron Marshall from Interval. Oh, Aaron, do you know, they've got pics over the thing. And he was like, "Uh uh-huh. Cool. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And I just felt like, I just felt like, you know, like, Hey, want to go chase car spike? He's like, "Ah, "Yeah, nah." you know, and man, so it's so funny. I just had this energy of like, Oh, this is brand new. And so it was so fun to meet you there. I just wanted to say like, you you were super nice to me. And I just felt like a bit of a fish out of water because I haven't been in this world or like content world for very long. Mm -hmm. So sort of like, I don't know, man. I just feel like I'm getting my feet wet. But so thanks, dude. I, to answer your question, you know, I mean, I won't, I won't bore you with these details, but I started to play the bass out of necessity. It's as most bass players do. It's like, I wanted to be a drummer. My parents were like, no, <laughs> you know, we had a little house, I grew up in Montana, a mm-hmm. small town in Montana called Kalispell. We had a little house and they were like, no, they're not wanting to put a drum kit in there. And then, you know, there were like friends of mine that were playing and like a really good looking, like kid was the lead singer. And then like the cool kid with like the skater hair was a guitar <laughs> player, you know, and then I couldn't have drums. So I was like, oh, God, fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be the stupid bass player, but then, you know, (laughs) I absolutely fell in love. I fell in love with it. I realized so quickly that it was the coolest instrument on the planet. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is funny that you say that. And I feel like we all have some sort of like weird, like it's sometimes kind of straightforward, but not always. There's generally some sort of weird thing. I also thought I was going to be a drummer (laughs) and (laughs) uh, drums are the coolest. My parents were, my mom, in particular, because dad was at work, so he didn't really have to deal with it. But my mom—I've told this story a lot, so sorry, everybody. But my mom—I can't would, wait. <laughs> my <laughs> mom would let me. Our house was like I don't know, twelve hundred square feet or so. So yeah, nothing crazy big, but not to, not cramped, cramped. But like, it was not a big house, right? And you know, oh, my bedroom was not that far from the kitchen. Obviously, I would just crank. Like I would, I didn't even know how to play the drums and I would crank system of a down on my stereo. Yes. And I had my friends, my friend sold me this Pearl drum kit for like 150 bucks or 120 bucks or something. I mowed lawns that pay for it, all that jazz. And yeah. I was just trying so hard to be a drummer. I had no idea what I was doing. I was terrible. That's like, the best Absolutely though. terrible. That's and the best. my mom would let me do that. Like yeah. she would just let me crank it. She'd be in there like. Doing dishes, there's, and this is back in the day, right? She's not like she put on Bluetooth headphones and blocked it out or something. Yeah, She's she just was listening to every note, <laughs> <laughs> note in air quotes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, notes, was right? it was oh, bad.
1: It was bad. Oh, and
0: that's actually kind of funny that I say that because fast forward to Gear Fest is when I got to interview Shava from System of a Down. Oh was yeah, wild. So I was cool like, this is there. crazy. I know. This is crazy. Yeah, but uh yeah, I couldn't. I can't believe my mom let me do that. I, I don't even know if I would have the patience with my own kids. And I music music is like the most important thing to me. And I don't even know if I could dude, deal with that. I, I, I feel that
1: too. My parents were incredibly supportive. Both my mom and my dad, actually, um, they divorced when I, before I started to play. But I had practice spaces in both of their houses, dude. Oh, wow. I mean, and, we, and it was a loud band. And my mom would always bring down muffins. And I mean, just like the most supportive. And then I bought a drum kit because, you know, I always wanted a drum kit. I bought a drum kit for my son, like bought it for my son, really bought it for me. <laughs> but dude, I know that thing because when he would get on it and start to like, just make noise, it was, it was like about 23 seconds and I'd be, oh, okay, buddy. All right. Let's like, you want to go build some Legos? Maybe you want to watch a TV show. You right. know, oh, I found that like, man, the patience for that stuff is not a given, you
0: know. No. No. And I'm I am so spoiled cuz my kid of course does want to play drums and of course there's a drum kit here.
1: Yeah, there and, is. And
0: and so, you know, he's been taking drum lessons but I'm so spoiled but with having the shred shed. I just go, "All right, here's you go out here with your teacher and dad will be back later." And you guys just <laughs> you know?
1: That's amazing. So how old is he and is he studying drums right now like actively?
0: He's uh he's 7. And I would say so it's sick. more um he he has yeah ha- well we're in the process of finding a new instructor unfortunately his really amazing instructor moved to Texas so Oh shoot yeah, yeah so he had a great drum instructor named Michael for a while um and Michael's whole thing is like he's an extremely proficient like jazz drummer and he's an incredible musician um I'm like I don't even know what I'm doing. I I hit the guitar pedal oscillation button. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's he's talking about sounds. different time structures and stuff, yeah, and I'm sure. like, uh, does it go like one, two, three, four? Because I, <laughs> you know, I got that one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but uh, he doesn't put that pressure on the kid. You know, that was cool. what was great about it. He was just like, what do you want to play? You want to play the song from Sing Two? We'll work on that. You want to yeah, just awesome. one of the coolest things you would do would be like. It was just more about exploring sound. Mm-hmm. You would just be like, "Okay, we're going to make a story with the drums." And so my kid would literally like, "Okay, the bird flies over here and then the crocodile talks to him." And it's like, "What does that sound oh, like, so you know, cool. in your head?"
1: That's really cool. And I was like, cool. "This is
0: such a cool approach." And my kid like just ate it up. So trying to find somebody else who kind of fits that same vibe cuz I certainly have no business teaching him drums. Wow, but, man. Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually cool.
1: really inspiring to me. That idea of like, let's think about, you know, cinematically or a narrative or or pictures mm-hmm. instead of like, let's learn this beat and let's count it one and two and three. And, you know, like mm-hmm. thinking about, man, I, I, do you know, I have a really good friend named Steve Gould. He's a drummer. Um, do you know Steve by chance? I,
0: that, that name sounds extremely He's familiar. played with
1: a bunch of different folks, but he has this thing where when he sits down with a student the first thing he does, and he used to run like a music uh, program at a church or like he was the head of the music uh, of this big church in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Called CCV. Anyway, when he would sit down with a student, no matter if it was a drum student or guitar or bass, he would say, play me track one on your solo album. And they'd go, Mm. what? And he'd go, what's track one sound like? And they'd go, i And he said it was wild how so many people, even pros, like professional musicians had never really thought for a moment about how to play their instrument by themselves, like a bass player, you know, other than maybe just like noodling licks that, you know, but like, think about like, wow, what does, what would that be like? And I mean, it's way more of a pressure environment than like, let's talk about like the turtle going over the hill. That's kind of a cool way (laughs) into it actually. So it's, it's funny. Like he said that when people would do it, it would start to unlock, you know, who you really are. And then after they'd get done, sometimes he'd say, great. What's track two, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Yeah. And dude, I love it. I mean, it just, I think about that stuff a lot now, but I really love that idea with kids. My son is seven as well. Um, And I love that idea with kids. Not like, okay, hold the sticks like this, dude all right the kick drum oh no a little early there you know mm-hmm. but just like yeah what is what is it like to explore this instrument that's actually that's really i'm, I'm gonna take that away from this i thank you man i yeah. really appreciate that well like, thanks michael <laughs> yeah, thanks, out there michael. in texas now <laughs> Dude, thanks michael wherever yeah. you are it's that's, yeah. that's a sick way of instructing the youth very yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, and of course there is like, the all right, we're going to count, and you know, we're going to do a beat, right? There is that too, but yeah. he injects enough like play into it, literal play, that yeah. it makes it interesting for a kid who has the attention span of a gnat. Which much is li- every much kid. Like, much like really. his dad. Yeah, um, so. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I know, I get it. Wow, that's, mm-hmm. really, that's really cool. I hope you find somebody like that. You just have to have him call up Michael and be like, hey man, wh- what's your... Talk to me about your pedagogy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Don't te-
1: teach me how to teach.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, fortunately, it sounds like uh, whoever is the next one will come from Michael. So um, he's, he's asking cool. around some some friends. So nice. hopefully that uh, that ends up happening. And a shout out to listener and Patreon supporter, uh, Brandon Brandon Sauce. Mr. Sauce, as his students call him, because That's he is Sauce. the one who got me in touch with Michael in the first place. So that Dude, was really it's great. it's a
1: community. The Tone mm-hmm. Mob community. Come on. Absolutely. Very cool. Yep. Very cool.
0: So we kind of got sidetracked though. So you, you're <laughs> relatively new to the the content game, which yeah. is interesting because you've done, in my view, like really well with it in a very short amount of time. I, I, I guess sometimes I'm not sure if I, sometimes I feel like I'm getting long in the tooth with it, but at the same time, it does feel fresh. I much, I feel very much the same as you did at Gear Fest. I was like, what? Oh, oh, that's, oh, what? You want me to do what? I know, like, man. i like, uh, are you sure that you want me to do that? Like <laughs> right, <laughs> not right. not Reshole, like not yeah, you want me to
1: do that? I know. You
0: know. Um, but you know, you you your stuff is really high quality. And obviously, you know, to get involved with the SBL, you know, situation, how did that happen and what's that been like for you?
1: I mean, it's been it's been incredible and a whirlwind. It's been an absolute whirlwind. But the, the way I got into it um is actually, I think. Could be a blueprint for so many people listening. Of like, if you want an opportunity, man, it comes down to really how I think about social media, and mm-hmm. I could talk about this forever, and I'll try to keep it relatively brief. No,
0: please do, but please okay, do,
1: right? But I mean, I, uh, I think that so many people view social media as a sales platform, or as a platform of asking, like, hey, come to my show, hey listened to my album hey buy my product right it's always an ask Mm -hmm. um cloaked in some kind of fun entertainment thing and i get it and it's all good and i do that stuff too but i really felt the power of this other thing which was just giving so instead of like when in the early days especially when i would make a post i would really try to ask who it's for And if it was for me, if I'm like, oh, this is for me, it's I'm showing off that I can slap this thing or like, oh, I would try to make an angle that if you watched it, you would come away either entertained, inspired or educated, like you'd learn something. Um, And, you know, that just removes this idea of like, oh, this is just a platform to lift me up and to show people how bad I am. You know, it's (laughs) it's more like what can I do for someone watching? Mm -hmm. And so that content model really changed everything for me. Like in the beginning, I was just viewing it like everybody else or like a lot of people, like a highlight reel, right? Oh, I just need to post and you know, and then hopefully someone will want to hire me or, or whatever. And it was very passive. And I think I don't know. I think part of that is like out of fear and ego of just like, I need to, I need to make people think that I'm good and cool because if they don't, <laughs> you know, I won't be successful. But the instant I started to make posts about like when Fender moved the tug bar from the treble side strings up to the, above the E string and made it a thumb rest. And mm-hmm. like, I, I am such a nerd and such an enthusiast about equipment the bass different styles when i started to do like album breakdowns or song breakdowns on my channel that then we just took that model to SBL and i started to give and not and not be worried about what if people would think it was stupid or nerdy that you know i mix these gauge of flats for the optimal tension on this particular P bass like mm-hmm. i think that sometimes people think that their proclivities and their interests are going to be boring or going to be perceived as too nerdy or stupid or not artistic and not musical. And I just decided when I, after I turned 40 – I had a midlife crisis, or I have a friend that says it was a spiritual awakening, which I like better. That sounds nicer. Yeah. yeah, It's way better. Right. Um, that I, I wasn't going to hide that stuff anymore for the longest time. I was like hiding kind of who I was and trying to be cool guy, trying to always like fool you that I was the right guy for every gig. And I stopped doing that. And that's when stuff really grew. So with SBL, check it out. I was redoing a little studio space, um, putting new floors and I wasn't doing it. I, there was a guy doing it, but I was sort of documenting the process instead of trying to, you know, just make cool content. I was like, Oh, look, you know, we got this much done today. And just really, you know, bringing people along on that ride that wanted to come along. Right. And I noticed that Scott Devine from Scott's bass lessons had started to watch the stories. know because you can see in your metrics right of course who watches and and i just noticed like oh there's that red sbl logo and i saw that he was watching all of it and i was like oh that's crazy and then there was about a week that i didn't upload anything it was before i was trying to do things consistently you know it's kind of doing it when inspiration struck and and i hadn't uploaded something in a while and then i woke up to like double the followers. I probably, I don't know, I had like a 1,000 followers at the time and I woke up to 2,000. You know, like when you see the icon at the top of the phone that shows you the hearts and it shows you the message bubble and it shows (laughs) you the follower and it said like 987 or something. I was like, what?
0: You're like, what happened? There's a glitch.
1: yeah, Yeah, dude. And Scott had gone on to his social media and said, there's this guy that I've started to watch all his stories. His name is Ian Martin Allison and he's gone. He hasn't posted in a week and it's killing me. I'm missing, you know, like I miss him. I miss watching the stories. And so everybody right now needs to go follow Ian and tell him that he can't stop posting on Instagram. Wow! And it was like (laughs) doubled. And then I was like, Oh my God. And then at that point I was like, Oh, I'm, I think I'm onto something here. Like and so what I did is something that I would recommend to everybody to do. Whoever you want to get in touch with, think about what you can give to them meaningfully. So what I did is I DM'd Scott. I mean, I could find the DM. Like I DM'd him and said, man, thank you so much for putting me on. That's like, that's a huge thing that you did for me. And that's, Incredible. I'm a big fan, which was true. I watched everything he did from even before he had the subscription service when he was just making YouTube lessons, Mm -hmm. you know, in his old apartment in Leeds. And I said to him, I love what you do and I'm good at X, Y, and Z. Like I feel confident around these three things or whatever it was. And I will do that for you. No questions asked for like a year, and you don't have to pay me. Like I'm I'm in. Mm -hmm. And he and he was like, whoa, he got back to me and was like, wow, man, that's amazing. Actually, we could use somebody to do X and we could use somebody to do Z, but I'm not gonna like I I would love to pay you. Like, you know, here's typically what we do. And it's wild, man. I think like I I know this is controversial, but I think when you don't have when you don't have um, a name or when you don't have leverage your time is your leverage. You know, if you don't have a name, if you're not (laughs) blue to tiger or Victor Wooten, or you have nothing, you know, (laughs) you're just some dude, right. And I was just some dude. And so I said, I I will, I will work really hard for you and I'll kill it for nothing. Mm -hmm. And he said, amazing, but let me, I'll, I'll give you something, but let's try a couple things out. So he, Gave me an opportunity and I killed it to the mm-hmm. best of my ability. <laughs> and then he gave me another thing and it led to all this stuff. And dude, that has just been my model. Um, and I know there are people that are like, oh, you're devaluing the industry and blah, blah, blah. But the only people that say that are established, established old guard dudes mm-hmm. that are like, oh, man, oh, don't do that. Don't go on Fiverr. Oh, don't do that gig for free because it. I couldn't disagree more, actually. I think that your leverage is, is your time and your opportunity. And then, of course, yes, at some point you need to get paid. But I'm a very big believer of like the free trial. Like I want to demonstrate to people that I'm worth hiring that I'm worth working for. And I'm happy to do that for free. Um, and I mean, you know, there's always a rate that I like to get paid. So if someone hits me up to play on their record, I'm not just doing all that for free, but man, I, there, there are still people that hit me up to play on something and I'll say, I'll send them my rate. I'll say for sure. This is typically what I get on a song and they'll say, Oh, you know, that's maybe a little too high. And I'll be like, or, or I'll do it for free or I'll do it for 50 bucks. It doesn't matter. Like, the what you get from that at bat, like what you get from working with Scott or, or playing on someone's record is so much bigger than the like the the small fee you might get in the beginning of your career, like the opportunity that you get to then go on and do something else. And it's funny, man, I've talked about this before and I've gotten a lot of shade of like, oh, you know, sounds like someone that grew up with money, which is not true. And (laughs) and like, oh man, you know, well, some of us have got to eat. And I'm like, well, I I have to eat too. I just prioritize different things. Like the time that I would spend watching movies or something was the time that I was going to be knocking out that track for somebody. Mm -hmm. The time that I was going to be researching to do an interview for Scott. You know, so I think it's about what you give and then it comes back. At least for me, my experience has been after I've gone through that process of giving it has come back like tenfold versus if I would have said to Scott, Hey man, yeah, cool. Here's what I charge. Here's my day rate. Here's what I, you know, or like say that to artists that are starting out, dude, I never do that thing. And it typically, I never feel like I get taken advantage of ever.
0: So, you know, and, you know, maybe this is a perspective that I share with you because I never in a million years thought that I was going to get to do like anything music related for any kind of money ever at all. I never thought that I was going to be in the music industry in any shape whatsoever. So I just assumed that music always just cost me money. Like my love of guitar yeah, same. And, and gear just cost me money. I didn't <laughs> yes, it wasn't yes. it was never a thing that I'm like this is gonna be some something I'm gonna be able to pay the bills with until much, much later in my life. Same. And so now I'm at this point where it, it it's starting to happen that I'm being asked to play on certain things. Yep. There's something coming up I'm really excited about. I can't say much about it yet, but I was asked to play on something. And they're like, and yeah, and this other person's playing on a track too. And I'm like, I don't belong in the same sentence as that yes, person. Yes, right. You right. know, like, what are you talking about? And
1: isn't, isn't that so rad? I mean, mm-hmm. what a cool, what a cool thing, you know? Yeah.
0: I'm like, I'm sitting here going like, why, why in my head, I got this imposter syndrome rolling. I'm like, why yeah. would you ever want me to play on it sure. when you could pick all of these other people to play on it? Yeah. Why are you asking me? And I know that that's, that's kind of not a fair thing to think because you know, that I can do some things that other people can't, you sure. know, and vice versa. But it, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over that. L- There's always going to be that little voice, right? But being dude, like, that means not you're you like dude.
1: a functioning dude. That means you're a functioning human being and not like a, <laughs> and not like a malignant narcissist. Like the fact that you're like, man, I don't know. I like, I, I don't know if I deserve to be in the room with these people. That means you're like a good human. Like imagine the opposite. Well, you know, that's I mean, a fair point. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> opposite. People are like, oh, I'm better than all these jokers. Like, that's the person nobody wants to play with. Yeah. You know, that's like, true. I mean, I think a little um, imposter syndrome is actually really healthy. I mean, obviously, if it cripples you and you can't move forward, obviously, there's like levels of it, right, where it's awful. But man, I feel that way too. I'm not the fastest. I'm not the best. I'm not the most knowledgeable. I'm not the, but. I think probably for you, what it is for me is people want to hire me because I have a perspective. I have like a thing that I do that maybe is different than, you know, it's just a flavor. It's a voice Mm -hmm. and I'm really proud of that voice. And, and I know that you have that too. And so that's why people hire you. It's not because, you know, you need to know, you know, all the modes of melodic minor and, and shred over giant steps. Like that's no one hires anyone for that. Right. <laughs> Very rarely. You yeah, know? And, it's- and, and yet we think that like, oh, we, we have to be equipped with all these like jazz bro chops or we need to be faster or I don't know. It's weird. No one hires anyone for that.
2: Hi, I'm Vincent and I'm here to talk about the Merit Mer- Mercury X. My dad's always going on and on about how cool Maris is. He really went off on one about the Mercury X the other day. He said something about a 4,800-hertz sample rate and 99 preset locations and 33 banks? And something along the lines of, The most advanced reverb pedal ever devised by man? That's all true, but I only care about one thing. This pedal sounds sick. So make sure you check out the Mercury X and all the other fine products at Marist.us, as well as fine retailers worldwide. All right, Dad, all now right, can I have my talkie
0: How exactly do artists get their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, all these services? How in the world do you get your music there? Well, in the past, you had to use something called a record label, but these days you can use DistroKid. DistroKid is the absolute easiest way to get your music up on streaming services, and it's the most affordable way to do so. Not only do plans start at $22.99 for the entire year, that's less than two bucks a month, DistroKid also does not take a cut of your streaming revenue, unlike some other services out there. Even better if you sign up by going to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. That's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. One more time, that's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. You'll get 30% off. That's right, 30% off. They're already extremely reasonable prices. So go to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid and get your music out there. And I think, you know, what I need to remember and anybody else listening to this needs to remember is if somebody's coming to you and asking you to do something odds are that they have heard you do something before that they definitely, liked definitely so don't worry about that so much you know it's like they they wouldn't have asked you if they didn't think it was cool they yeah. would have asked. They would have asked somebody else.
1: <laughs> that's so true, and it's such a it's such a risk because it's such a vulnerable thing. Like if you ask someone to play on something and then it doesn't go well, oh god! Like yeah, that's, that's such true. a bummer. I mean, and I've had that. I mean, you know, everyone has had that to some degree, but like. What I'm saying is you're absolutely right. No one just like out of the blue is like, ah, maybe this will be cool. It's like, no, there's a reason. There's a reason they asked you. They they looked at all your videos. They checked you out. They like your vibe. They like the sounds you make on the guitar. And that's why they ask. I mean, that's mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely yeah. for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah I'm, I'm still trying to process that occasion like it's, it's it's happening it's not like it happens every day, but it ha- it's happening with way more frequency than I ever Dude, would have imagined. So
1: that the fact that you're still fun. trying to process it means that you're a good human being. So
0: <laughs> I try. I try awesome. really hard. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I fail. Yeah.
1: like no uh, no entitlement that's that's really good
0: yeah but it's a it is you're you're right what you were talking about like doing the free thing i understand i cannot also understand the argument of why people would think that that is devaluing to a certain degree but the reality is everyone that's been successful in the music industry especially from a performance standpoint they've done a lot of free stuff no a doubt. lot of free stuff totally H- bad gigs drive yes. I mean, even if you don't consider it free like how many like Money losing tours do bands go on constantly? Yes. Sure, they get paid at the gig, but like overall, when they get home, ninety nine point nine percent of people don't come home with any money. In I fact, know. they might have lost money. Right. So, the this idea that you should never do anything for free is, on one hand, I, I do a, understand it's work and it's valid work, and people deserve to be compensated for that work. But if you are going at it with that mindset, if I went at it with with that mindset, this show wouldn't exist. I mean, I didn't have Dude, sponsors course. right away. I didn't have any way of monetizing it right away. No, of course. It, it took a long time, and and it took people being interested in the free thing to then want to support for the extra things. It's like n- the amount of work that goes into this. I, I've said this quite a bit on the show, too. There's a quote flying around that I don't know where it came from. I think it applies to any creative endeavor, Uh, And it said an entrepreneur is somebody who works 80 hours so they don't have to work a 40. And that's (laughs) me. Like that is me a hundred percent. Dude, I know. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's like, it's so, that is so funny. That's, I've never heard that before. That's really great. But yeah, like you could work 24 hours a day on your thing. Easily, you know, Easily. yeah, <laughs> Easily. and then you'd still want to clone yourself. You know, you'd still want <laughs> like some way <laughs> to keep it moving, man. That's yeah, it's really true. And I think, you know, I've just seen some stuff from like some high profile, musicians that have said like oh you know if you're if you're going on fiverr or if you're doing things for free you know you're taking work away from me and i'm just like dude no way because you have Hmm. to start somewhere you have to do you have to do something and you have to build you have to build resume and repertoire and you have to like you know how people are like And when they start to take photos, they're like, can I just take photos because I need to build my portfolio? That's what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I have another, just a, a great tangible story that where this has really worked that I think too, like, I'd love to just tell you this because I think it might be really helpful for some of your listeners. Like, I think a lot of creative people have stuff in their phones, right? At least I'm, I'm always writing little riffs and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I'll put it in my phone. Yeah. And then I feel kind of good that like, oh, I was creative, but there it stays in my phone. And I am terrible about actually finishing a song really bad at it. It's, it's, it's like a, it's something I beat myself up about it. I need to get better at it, but it's just true. But there was a time where I had played this slap lick and it was kind of cool, but it, it sounded like not me really. It was like, whoa it was like kind of funky kind of prince vibes mm-hmm. and i at the time i'm, I'm and still am really good friends with Corey wong and he was in minneapolis and uh he lives in minneapolis and so i had this voice memo thing and i just sent it to him and i was like hey man I i played this riff and it just reminded me of you and like, I just thought you'd get a kick out of it. So like, mm-hmm. check it out, dude. It, and like nothing about like, hey man, let's collab. Hey man, like if you want it, I, you know, you put me on there with writing credits. Like, <laughs> no, I right. just was like, hey man, I thought you would get a kick out of it. And he was like, dude, this is dope. He was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, oh, nothing. And he's like, come over, let's let's write this. And I was like, I had, I was blown away. So I went over to Corey Wong's house. We wrote it. It's called, that's my passport photo. It came out on his first record. Corey Wong and the green screen band. It's the last track. Nice. And it's, and like we wrote it in an afternoon and then we went and got Chipotle and talked about touring and being dads (laughs) and balancing that. And then I went home, but the crazy thing. The crazy thing is, it's such a tangible thing. I get asked all the time in DMs of people like, what can I do? How do you get into a scene? You know, how do you meet? Uh, all that. And I'm like, send someone something. This goes back to like this idea of a gift or not asking. Would it, That interaction would have gone very different if I would have hit Corey and said, hey man, can I play on one of your songs? Mm-hmm. Uh! Like gag me, dude. Never. I would never do that. (laughs) But instead I was like, Hey, here's something with no strings attached that I thought you might just get a kick out of listening to comes out of the blue on your phone. You know, not saying that it's always going to lead to a track on Corey Wong's record. But since then I've done that a lot where I've sent people things just like songwriters that I know. And I'd have this thing. I'm like, this reminds me of you. And it like always leads to something it always leads to like coffee or a nice text conversation and sometimes a song and sometimes it just gets you back on that person's radar but it's like it's just almost like a letter or something like hey it's just just a little gift like hey i'm just thinking of you zero strings attached it is the (laughs) best it's like the most tangible piece of like this thing in your quiver that you can do is actually just send someone something, send someone some music. If you know somebody that needs beats, send them a beat. If you know somebody Mm -hmm. that needs a patch for a pedal and you made it, send it to them. And Mm -hmm. like, it opens up all this other opportunity. So anyway, thanks. I just, I just think that like, I wish someone would have said that to me a long time ago. I had all this stuff around like, oh, I got to be professional and that means I have to charge money and, oh, never give away my best idea. And, dude, I am the opposite now. If I write something really cool and I think it's cool, I send it to somebody. And I'm like, dude, I think this is cool. Could you use this in mm-hmm. any way or yeah. does this inspire anything in you? I give it away. I give it away always. And it, leads to, it always leads to some, something that is positive.
0: I don't know what kind of like weird universe we're living in at this moment, but I, I said I couldn't really talk about the project that I was asked yeah. to play on. Um, I, and I still can't cause I don't think any of that's been public yet, but yes, I, I yes. did mention this part of it on, I think on my personal Facebook page, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, but Corey Wong was actually the guy I was referring to. I was like, I don't yeah, belong dude. I don't belong playing on a record that he's playing on. You know, dude, like that doesn't so make any sick. sense. <laughs> but oh. then when you said that, I was like, okay, I got to say it. Uh. I got to say that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. It's not the same song. We're not doing anything together or anything sure. like that. I was just like, they were like, this person was like, hey, Corey's played on this record. Uh, we got a song done already. And I'd love to do a
1: track with you too. I was like, what? oh dude that's what? so cool congratulations That's so couldn't,
0: cool. the vibes couldn't be more different and then I heard <laughs> Corey's song and I was like oh no this makes, oh, this makes so much sense I totally understand how this fits together now
1: oh cool you know? that's so cool man congrats so, that's awesome
0: thank you but yeah I don't even think Corey knows about that <laughs> I just, know. I just, I just was a little bit starstruck. I'm like, okay.
1: Corey's a busy dude, man. I know mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. Yeah. He's moving and shaking always. He,
0: he is. Yeah. I know. Like when we were, when we did a episode together, it was great. He gave me all the time that I needed, but like, I could tell as soon as the episode's over, he's like, that was wonderful. Thank you. I got to go to a thing. And I was like, yep. I'm yep. sure he that was, you do. I am sure moving. that you do. Yeah.
1: That dude is. So Steve Gould, who, who's the drummer I mentioned before, he and I have done some sessions with Corey over the years and we, we call Corey Wong high output all in caps. That's his, that's his nickname. It's actually stupid (laughs) because it's longer than his name, but we call him high output, man, because that guy, there was a time on a session where I saw him listening to the verse, talking about the verse. And in one hand, he had a phone and he was texting someone a photo. Mm. And in the (laughs) other hand, he had a laptop and he was like working on like chopping down a sample or something. And it was wild because it didn't seem like the multitask was difficult or that his attention wasn't in the room. He was just doing three things at the same time.
0: (laughs) Uh, I can't do that. I I can't do that. I can barely walk and chew gum at the same time. It's terrible. Same. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that's wild, but let's uh, let's get back to let's get back to you a little bit here. So like you fell in love with the bass, and that's, yeah. it's interesting because like I fell immediately in love with the electric guitar as soon as I start really started playing electric guitar. It was all I wanted to do, and it took me basically until this year hmm. to have that same feeling with a bass, a particular oh. bass. Yeah. yeah, I walked into my friend Hank's. Uh, he has Hank's Music Exchange here in Portland. And I walked in. And I was just kind of looking around. He always has the coolest stuff, yeah, always. And I was looking at this bass. And I'm going, wow, I've never seen this before. And it was a, I think, it, like an early '70s Japanese-made Epiphone. Uh, I think it's an ET 285. I believe Crazy. is the number. yeah. And I was like, I didn't even know this existed. I had no idea this was a thing. It's got two humbuckers in it yeah you know and i picked it up and i have i'd never had this moment with a bass before i picked it up went do doo do do doo and it was like this is mine this i <laughs> like you know i've had that with guitars many times but never have i had I've, I've played a lot of basses even though it's not my main thing i've definitely picked up basses i'm like this is cool but this one i was like how much is it
1: yeah I'm, what I'm about taking it this. why
0: I don't know. I'm looking at it right now and it was cheap too. I think I I think it was 600 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it was not expensive. And I look at it it's it's literally hanging next to my prized possession, a 1955 Les Paul Junior that belonged to my grandpa. <sighs> oh wow. And I'm looking at it and I have the same feeling as when I look at the Junior. <laughs> It doesn't which, make
1: any sense. Which one would you save if the house were on fire? Oh, it's definitely the junior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, now, like, uh, bass, don't, don't be getting a big head here. Like, yeah. Epiphone bass. Like, you're, you're, you're going to burn in the yeah, house fire. Unfortunately.
0: Yes. I mean, unfor- really, unfortunately, I had to answer that question. I had asked that question for years on the podcast. Oh, if you had no. one guitar, what are you going to save? Oh, and Uh, in 2020 the fires around here were so bad and that's never happened in even in my grandpa's lifetime in this area and i was like we got put on an evac notice and i was like wow i'm literally having to answer that question because i can't fit all of these so i took the junior put it in my truck and uh it was a weird feeling everything was fine fortunately we didn't have to leave yeah but uh I, I think I posted it on, on Instagram even. I was like, I never thought I'd actually have to answer this question, God. but here we go.
1: Brutal, brutal. Yeah. Oof, uh, that, that's a terrible, that's like trauma stuff, man. I'm sorry. That sucks.
0: It, fortunately, it was all fine. Yeah. It, everything was totally okay. So that, I know, Good. I shouldn't say that. Some people, it wasn't. For us, right. we got lucky and yeah. it was totally fine. Yeah. Um, so thankful for that. For sure. But yeah, that back to that base. I don't. I think it's like. I think it's it has to do with the aesthetics. It also has tiny frets. I like tiny frets. Mm, yeah. Um. I, I do don't too. Know. I just. I just love it. Yeah, I man. just love playing it. I love looking at it. It's beat up in all the right ways. Mm-hmm. And I think I like it. Maybe the thing I like about it the most is I think it's very aesthetically beautiful. And I've never seen. I've never seen it before.
1: Dude, you gotta it, grab it. You gotta show it, it to us. It, okay, let me get it. Just yeah, a second. come it's on, right dude. Here. Get it. It's
0: right here. Come here. Just a second, everyone. See, this is here we
1: go. This is just, I mean, so selfish because I just want to see this thing. Glad you guys. Most get to
0: people, too. He, most people hear this on audio, but this video will come out at some point. So there you go.
1: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh man, very cool. Mm-hmm. What a great looking instrument.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's just. It's got all the right wear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I did this thing where I fell in love with a bass. Um, I fell in love with this Antigua jazz bass, 1978, which coincidentally is the same year I was born. I love those. Me too. (laughs) Those are great. I fell in love with it. And then, and I was like, this is the best bass. And then I went on the forums, you know, I was like on talk bass and, and I started to read about like, oh, the late seventies is bad. And like, oh, if a bass is heavy, that means it's bad. And like, oh, my pickups aren't very strong. Maybe I should replace, maybe I should put a preamp in the, and it put me on this search for like the Holy Grail, trying to find, trying to beat it. Mm -hmm. you know, with all these other things. And I probably spent tens of thousands of dollars over a decade and a half trying to like beat that instrument. And I could never, because I think it's like (laughs) the best bass is the one you have kind of, you know, there's like a thing of like, (laughs) you know, the best instrument is the one that you've poured the time into, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you think about, I don't know, like I think about the classic players like Stevie Ray Vaughan or, or you know, those instruments weren't super special he was special or like i think about james jamerson in bass world yeah maybe maybe stevie ray had a really fancy strat i don't know but like in bass world james jamerson went into a store and bought a 62p bass now cool instruments but that was just what was at the store that's just you what know? they had yeah it's just what they had dude and he bought it and that became this iconic incredible bass but it wasn't because of the bass it's because of all the hours and the sweat and the, you know, that he put into that. And I think that's actually what people respond to more than anything. Like mm-hmm. it's cool. It's cool that you got that Epiphone and now you don't want to hunt down like the, the expensive Gibson version of it or like, it, and I don't know, maybe you do, but I don't I even think there is one. Yeah, I, I don't, right, I don't even right.
0: think it exists, but that's, yeah, that's I. Get good. Your point. that's
1: yeah. good. Because <laughs> I did that, dude, I had an Epiphone Jack Cassidy base, which is like a big hollow body. And then I realized, Oh, Gibson made that it's, Oh, it's actually called a Les Paul signature base. And it's, and I was like, Oh man, I got to get that, you know? And I fall prey to that whole thing of like, Oh yeah, I've got to get the best one. Oh yeah. I need to find a good example of, but it doesn't matter. What matters is like the time you put in and learning the quirks Mm -hmm. and deciding that the quirks are cool because people want to see you like feel free on an instrument and they don't care what the top is on the PRS and like, God, it's just for other nerds. But that's <laughs> it. I'm saying that. And I mean, I'm just calling myself out. It's, it's only an indictment on me because I know that that is true. And yet I still am trying to find, like, I still am like, still haven't found what I'm <laughs> And I'm like buying, oh, it's just so dumb. So good for you, man. That base, that bass looks rad. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. You're gonna have
0: to play it one of these I'd days. I'd love it's, to play. It's a beast. It's a beast. I'd, I'd beast. love to play I'm, it. It's it's great. But, but what you're saying, I you know, it, it's sort of antithetical to the whole like tone chasing, gear chasing yeah. thing that that I have that made a weird career out of somehow. But it's totally true. I have all these wonderful instruments. I love every single one of them. They're all. Fa- I'm the type of guy that is like, I'm not gonna buy necessarily the same exact model. Like, some people like to collect Gretches or or, sure. fi- or Telecasters or yep. whatever, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not hating on that at all. Yeah. Yep. I just like to f- – I like to collect guitars, and so I like to fill holes. I'm like, ooh, I don't have a, a regular Telecaster. I better get a regular Telly. I don't have a, you know, 335, I, and I don't have a 335. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, I should probably get a 335, oh, yeah, you dude. know? Yeah. That's, that's usually how I go. I do have a few Les Pauls. They're all pretty different, and I'm, where I'm going with that is – my first electric guitar was my red Les Paul special, mm-hmm. Humbuckers. Played all kinds of punk rock shows and recorded all kinds of different, you know, weird tracks with it. And I, it's a great, great guitar still. And it's so funny because it's the one that I still have. I have I'm so spoiled. I have all these incredible instruments. But I pick up that 2005, you know, at the time it was like 400 bucks. Yeah. You know, Les Paul. And I'm immediately transported. Yep. Back and I'm like, this guitar still feels like home. Yeah. it still feels like home. It's yeah. it's it's crazy how comfortable it is for me, and it's not even how I would spec a Les Paul out if I was like having a custom built one. Sure. It's might, got like might be a sixties neck though.
1: Might be, how maybe you so.
0: Like it's got like a thinner sixties <laughs> neck. I tend to think that I like fat necks. You know, like there's so many things about it. I lately I'm like, oh, I like single coils better. But I'm like, man, that thing sounds so good with the humbuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And so you know, basically, I'm a walking contradiction. That's oh, I what know.
1: I'm yeah, I, dude, it's funny that you mentioned this. I actually don't meet too many people that have the same disease that I do, which is. I, I call it like the thumbprint bases. So for me, it's it's also filling holes. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I want one just nice example, like a good playing. I don't care about um, necessarily if it's in pristine shape or like I want it to play well and I want to want to use it. I want to yes. play it. It needs to play well. It needs to sound good. Um, but of of all the thumbprint bases, so like an mm-hmm. early 50s P, then a 50s, and then a jazz, you know, and then like a, you know, uh, a Coronado bass and a Guild Starfire and a Hoffner, oh, Coronado is so and a, cool. Yeah, oh. dude. I mean, and there are so, and the funny thing is, is in the beginning, I'm like, there's like 10 classic basses. There's 10. And I'll get those, you know, over these next number of years, I'll, tr- you know, I'll try to find them and, and then I'll be totally good. But then the problem is your idea of classic keeps expanding, you know, and so I'm like, oh, okay, I got the stuff, uh, you know, from the, the early days that I really, and and two, like, I'm fine with custom shop versus, like, I don't have a real 50s P-Base. Like, sure. I have a really cool custom shop one, but I have, I have some vintage things. But the problem for me is, like, Then I get nostalgic and I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. And so the 80s stuff starts to become, I'm like, ooh, getting a Steinberger would be kind of dope. Like, ooh, getting a Kubicki Factor oh, getting like that weird Fender jazz bass special that Duff McKagan played, like it just continues to like expand. (laughs) And then the 90s popped in for me recently where it's like, oh, I should probably get like a Ken Smith six string. Yes, (laughs) of course, yes. Oh my God. And so it never, it just never ever ends. And I think like, oh yeah, after this, all the holes are filled. But then all you do is you just go, and there's a whole nother punch card.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's just right there. We're yeah. we're, we're broken individuals because like yeah. it, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, what do you think of like super strats <laughs> yes. and like neon colored, you know, like yes. shredder guitars? Yes, I would have been yes. like, ew, those are stupid. <laughs> like why would I ever want one of those? Right. And now I'm like, oh, I really, really want <laughs> like an, a late 80s, the Fender Japan uh, HM Strat like in just the brightest, most obnoxious color possible. I I really want one for some reason. I'm so jonesing for a super strat right now. And it it makes absolutely no sense.
1: Dude. I mean, I remember a time when all of those, when all that stuff from the late eighties, like Hamers mm -hmm. and Charvels and Jackson's and stuff, you couldn't give them away. Kramers. Mm -hmm. You couldn't give them away. Bases too. They were pointy BC rich. Oh my God. It was just laughable. And you just would get laughed out of the room. And then it's like this with everything cars, like, um, architecture enough time goes by. It just gets hip again. I know (laughs) it gets hip. And so like, if you have any guitars, like Mark, my words, if you have any guitars from like the early two thousands, like there's periods now where like, Oh, there's stuff that is like, not considered cool at all, like in the zeitgeist, but it will like, Trust me, all that stuff from like 2005 that is like not cool right now, that <laughs> is going to be valuable yeah. like in 10 more years. You know, it'll be like, oh my God, remember that like emo? Remember like the faded, like the Gibson faded black and like the faded red? Like I used That's to work. the a- Les
0: Paul that I'm talking <laughs> oh, it about. Is? Dude, yeah. sick. That's
1: so <laughs> rad, dude. That guitar, mark my words, is going to be like a collector piece at some point. It will. We are brought to you today by Sweetwater,
0: specifically the gear exchange. You may have heard about this. This is a place where you can go to buy and sell your used gear. Maybe you got a pedal over there that's just kind of collecting dust. Maybe there's something you've been eyeing from the Sweetwater catalog. Well, right now is a great time to turn that unused gear into something you're actually going to use. Even better, if you sell on the gear exchange, You can keep 100% of the sale as long as you choose a Sweetwater gift card as your payout method. That is not too shabby, because let's be honest, most of this buying and selling we do is just to fun new gear purchases. And that is a great way to reach a wide variety of customers and keep 100% in your pocket, or rather, on your pedal board. So go check out the Sweetwater Gear Exchange and turn that unused gear into something that's actually going to help you write that next huge riff. Hello there, I'd like to introduce you to your new best friend, the Chase Bliss Audio, Lossie. Lossie is a collaboration between Chase Bliss and Good Hurts, well, it's meant to give you some control over those weird digital artifacts that come with very compressed audio. You're getting it right now. All the changes that are taking place are strictly coming from my playing dynamics. I'm just interacting with the pedal and letting it do its thing. And some true stereo goodness. You'd like some more details about lossing, I'd
2: invite you to head over to chaseplinsaudio.com. I think
1: you're gonna like what you find. Uh, you, you might be right about no, that. I promise you. Because there is there, I mean, if I would have thought that I would start to see PV T40 bases, dude, I bought a T40 in a pawn shop in the early 2000s for like $189. Mm-hmm. And now they're like over a grand. I just, trust me, the power of nostalgia is more powerful than any other force you know <laughs> and it will it will drive it, it has driven the guitar market before it will continue to drive it because we'll get old we'll get more money and then you'll want you'll have sold the no, you won't but like you know people who have sold that first guitar yeah you know the highway one you know p bass that they had and they'd be like dude remember those highway ones those are kind of tight still- right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they don't know that 2500 other people have thought that too and the reverb price is now like $29.99. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so funny that you, you specifically said the faded one because I was like, yeah, that's the red faded one. That's dude, exactly what I'm talking dude, about.
1: <laughs> did you buy it at Mars Music by chance? No, I got it okay. at
0: Guitar Center. Well, okay, okay. I, did, I didn't get it. Actually, there's a photo of me. I've posted it before, but I, I talk about it once in a while because it is the first time I think – because back in the day, like not everybody was walking around with a camera in their pocket at all times, right? So. Right we did not have quite as much documentation as we do now. Right. And I think that is the first time that there's any picture of me uh, as a, you know, somewhat more mature person, not a little kid. I was like 16, sure. you know? Sure, yeah. Uh, there, there's a picture of me opening that for graduation.
1: Oh, that's so cool, dude. And
0: the look on my face. Yeah, man. I'm like, and I remember. Nothing I remember better. when it happened. I would open, because I was expecting like, I knew I was getting a, an electric guitar because that's what I that was the only thing I'd asked for. It was like, like 16, like I I weird story, but I graduated when I was 16 and mm-hmm. I was just like, I want an electric guitar so I can play with my band. Yeah, you know, that's what I want to do. And uh I thought I would end up, I gave dad a list of things that were kind of in the ballpark. Fortunately, my dad played guitar, so that helped a lot. Yeah. Uh but he, you know, I thought I was gonna get a You know an an esp or a you know a schecter or something and those are great too there's nothing wrong with those at all they make great good great guitars um but you know a les paul is what i really wanted yeah i want a les paul all all the bands i was watching were playing les pauls yeah and i was like that's completely out of the question that's not going to happen that's too much money there's no way and my mom found this thing guitar center used to do this event called the list and so mm-hmm. what you do, you walked in the door and there was mm. a list of things that were just ridiculously discounted for whatever reason. And so they would do this event and my mom and dad walked in and they were looking at the list and like, Hey, what's this, uh, f- you know, Gibson faded. What's this, what's this about? And they are like, Oh, that's sold. That one's gone. So dad was looking at all kind of the list of things I had given him and he was checking them out. And my mom was like walking around the store and she's like, this one looks like, what you're talking she doesn't play you know she's yeah. like this one looks like is what is that one is yeah. that the one and she brought my dad over like this looks like the one it's just kind of stuck back in the corner here and the sales guy was like oh yeah i thought that was gone already and dad played it and he's like oh this is yeah this is the one we're buying because it was basically Amazing. the same price yeah um and so i opened that up seeing gibson on the headstock saw oh, less pauling I-, I-, I was like and you were that's it
1: that's it, <laughs> and, and they transported you into a life of gear addiction. <laughs> yes, immediately, immediately. It's incredible,
0: but yeah, the photo. Fo- there's a photo of me that with the case open, and this the smile is oh, just so like great. It's crazy. It oh, was I a crazy it. moment. I love um, it. Yeah, that's probably the first like real smile that I had in a photo. Like I'm not smiling like my graduation photos. Like hey. Now that was a real like smile a <laughs> genuine
1: smile yeah. it's funny i was telling scott too there was a, a time do you remember Carvin? remember the Carvin yeah. catalog oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. dude i lived in montana and i would get that Carvin catalog and i would just drool and i saved up all my money it was in the eighth grade and i bought myself a carven koa neck through six string bass yeah. dude yeah and i loved yeah. i loved dream theater and i loved Primus, and I was like, this is going to be so sick. Like I did, I skipped right over the five, dude. I had the four. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm not going to play a five. I'm going to play a six. And so, dude, I'll never forget, man, walking home. I, like you say, like walking home from junior high. And I saw UPS had delivered it. It was a big box that said, oh, yeah. And I ran, you know, and I like opened it up, cracked that case, opened it up. And I, I screamed. Like there was no, I like, sc- I was like, ah. in my house just like freaking out because like just how it looked and smelled and yeah i mean that stuff is priceless those are like those are the defining moments, you know, <laughs> right? when, when, you know, you're just going to be a, a gearaholic for,
0: for <laughs> the rest of your, for the rest <laughs> yeah, of your yeah. days, it yeah. never goes away. And you know what? Genuinely, I mean this genuinely, like sometimes I feel like I'm getting a little jaded I'm like, oh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I care about our stuff as much as I used to blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. And then something, I don't know. It could be anything. Yeah will trigger me. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, 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 oh." and then it'll show (laughs) up and I'll be like,
1: ah, there it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And you're, and you're that like high school kid again, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the best dude. It is the best. It's the best disease,
0: you know? And I, and I try to like be objective, right? I try to be like, no, that's silly, you know, whatever. But the time when I realized that I'm just totally hopeless with this was actually this recent, Stranger Things thing. Oh, yeah. When he's playing it in the upside down, Eddie's playing in the upside down. I was like, I've never liked BC Riches one time in my entire life. And right now, I want a
1: BC Rich. (laughs) And you're like, Like, you're just on reverb, like searching Warlocks. And like, yeah, I was like, all of a sudden, I want
0: a Warlock. I used to joke about Warlocks. Like, of course. Be like, how stupid that is. And I'm like, yeah, I could play a Warlock. Give me one of those. Definitely.
1: It's just like the (laughs) amount of time that has to go by. You know, to where like they it's it, man, it's so funny. I've got buddies that, you know, live in LA. And I guess there's like a LA base, uh text thread that like all okay. the bass players in LA like send, you know, um pictures. You know, they just communicate with each other. There's like a hundred bass players on this thing that all live in LA or a lot, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I was talking to a guy who said it was wild just to see the shift because for the longest time it was like vintage. It's like, oh man, vintage harmony, vintage P bass. Oh, look at this sweet sunburst jazz bass. Everyone, ooh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be a lifer. And then pretty soon it was like, I don't know, guys. I just got this like, I got like a pink, I got this pink Ibanez. And who who, who knows? It's kind of dumb, but it just reminds me of like being a kid. And everyone like, ha, ha, ha. And then somebody else like, yeah, man, I got this like quilted top carven and, uh, you know what I mean? It's just so stupid, but, and it was just like this turn, this sea change. <laughs> yes. And then like people would post like, hey man, I got a 64 P base and be like, cool. You know, oh, JMJ just got like a, <laughs> just got like a purple BC rich. Yeah. Like, oh, like that was the thing, you know, <laughs> that stuff was the stuff that was exciting. You know, like specters and man, it's just, it's hilarious how that stuff just goes in these crazy waves. Yeah, but I'm yeah. I'm here for it all, man. I'm here for. I all. am.
0: It's all cool. I'm yep. here. Yeah, same. You know, now that the PV decade is a thousand dollars or whatever it is, just because of Josh Homme, anything's possible. Exactly. Anything's possible. Anything's Who knows?
1: possible. Man, I mean, and that PV stuff is gonna come roaring back. Like, and I've just been waiting because that logo that we that triangle-y like pointy logo that we all thought was so dumb, um, it, it's it is part of like American guitar history. I love it. You know, I love it, dude. And it will be back and, you know, and like, uh, people, you know, it'll be kind of ironic at first, but yeah, I mean, that, I think that's already started. Exactly. It's -hmm. like, actually this stuff is really cool. And people have been secretly playing like classic thirties and fifties for a long time. And of course the 5150. I mean, you know, Oh yeah.
0: Oh, actually look, look at this for the ultimate example of what we're talking about. It's on my head.
1: Oh yes, dude! <laughs>
0: <Does> <laughs> For everyone, does just, that say PV powered? No, that says Benson.
1: Oh, Th- oh that it says Benson. Chris oh, did yeah. the, this
0: run of hats with the the against dude, his uh it's against like his attorney's wishes. So I can't oh. see it,
1: but yes, dude, amazing. Yeah, well, so. and there's a guy too that makes like the decade preamp in a pedal, and my buddy just bought one, and it's pink. Mm-hmm. And the ten, the ten years, ten mm-hmm. years. That's right. And I thought, dude, I thought that it was a PV product when I saw it. I was like, and I thought to myself, that's so smart because there's somebody that they hired in branding that gets it. That understands right. that enough time has passed and that that is now going to be cool again. And they're leaning into the colors. They're not trying to hide it. They're not trying to redesign the logo. No, they're going back to the, and then he was like, no, 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 that's, it's not PV. And I'm like, oh man, PV needs to get hip, dude. They, 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 need, do. To fi- they need to hire you for their branding. <laughs> you know what I mean? They need to, they need to figure it out, dude. Let's go.
0: I, I wish they would. <laughs> you know, I, the, the first, the first time I thought that, that that might be happening was I was at Nam and I was just walking around and I w- walked by the PV booth and I saw some of the people there had yes. trucker hats with yes. the PV logo on them yes. and in my soul I was like I want that hat
1: I know I want of that course hat now you
0: do. yeah yep. give me yep. that hat and uh, I still don't have that hat but I still want it
1: you yeah. gotta get the hat
0: I want that hat yeah so I, I've been looking I can't find the hat so <laughs> it's not for lack Incredible. of trying well hey dude I know we're getting close to the end of the episode here. We've uh, we've had some great, great conversation. So I thoroughly fun, enjoyed it.
1: yeah. I wish I wish uh I wish we could keep rolling, dude. But let let's uh yeah, let's do more again sometime soon. But yeah, please, please. What yes. else what else you got? I'm ready. Huh. Hit me. All
0: right. All right. So I got two classic questions to asked to wrap this up. But before please. I do that, this is when I like to give the guests the chance to take the floor. You know, you're gonna you have, you're, right now you're talking to a few thousand people. I know it just looks like you and I, but there's a few thousand people hearing this. And Dude, I
1: know you're doing so awesome. I love it, man.
0: Th- thank you. Thank you. Um, if there's anything you want to get out there to a few thousand people that we haven't already covered. Um, now's the chance.
1: I just think that I think that everybody's got something to say. I think that uh, you're listening right now and you're feeling like ah, kind of stuck and and maybe you're on reverb like a little too much and and like maybe you need to look through your phone. Here's here's what I want to say instead of like here's the things that coming up for me. I would rather do a thing where I say like right after this right after this right after you're done listening to this go into your voice memos and find the riff or the lyric idea or the beat or whatever it is for you that you think is the coolest that maybe you've been saving and think of a friend or artist or colleague or whatever that you want to send it to to spark the next creative endeavor i think that's that's what i want to say
0: i like that that's perfect that is awesome all right two classic questions and we'll wrap this thing up let's do it first one what is your favorite boss pedal
1: my favorite boss pedal two, two raced to mind, dude, I love boss pedals so much. My favorite is all the brown boxes. So the, the OC oh, two, the OC two, yes. OC2, so sick on base. And then I, dude, the OC three gets a lot of hate. The OC three is amazing. The OC three has some gain in it as well. It has like a drive circuit. Mm-hmm. People sleep on the OC three. It's called the super octave. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's like, Oh, that one sucks. It doesn't suck. Uh, it's really good and it's actually really affordable. So if you can't find or afford an OC two, get an OC three. They also make an OC five, which is like the the modern one, and that one's really good too. But if you find an old OC three somewhere for sixty bucks, that's the that's the score. The nice. second, my second favorite boss pedal of all time is the Dimension Chorus oh, because of the course. buttons and the purple, and it sounds like Prince. And I live in Minneapolis, and it makes me so happy. Do the boss boss dimension and those two together for bass? Hey, just FYI, is mm-hmm. an unbelievable combo. OC two octave soloed, no dry, no octave two octave one soloed mm-hmm. with uh, with either one or four on the dimension is synth bass nirvana. Oh, ooh! I don't
0: have a dimension. Why don't I have a dimension?
1: Get that Why? Waza dimension, dude. Why don't Go I get have that it? Waza dimension? It's mm. super sick. I got to get it. I got it. I got to get
0: it. I got to get it.
1: I He's have to get labor, it. He's on reverb right now. Right now.
0: <laughs> right now. <laughs> I love
1: that pedal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Final question. This yeah. is one that gets a little dicey, a little controversial. So Can't wait. Here we go. What's your favorite kind of pizza?
1: Dude. Okay. Like, are we talking about toppings or are we talking no, about the whole, everything.
0: Style, particular pizzeria, You know, you're, you know, you got one more pizza to eat in your life. This is your, your top pizza.
1: Here's the thing. I can't do one. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm slumming it and I'm fancy. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go both. If I got to slum it and I'm going Jets pizza, dude, Jets pizza, delicious Mm -hmm. square pan. I'm going to get pepperoni jalapeno. It is delicious. Mm -hmm. Corner pieces taste delicious. That is my favorite cheap pizza for sure. And then fancy pizza. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it to uh, my hometown. Well, not my hometown. But the town that I live in, Minneapolis, Pizza Luce, an incredible Ooh. pizza establishment. They make a thing called a Ruby Ray. It's upside down. So it's cheese on the bottom. Then mm-hmm. they do a layer of spinach. Then they do okay. a layer of super spicy marinara and these Ooh. big chunks of like uh homemade uh, Italian sausage. Mm. And dude, it, it's sort of like a deep dish without it being like a traditional actual like layered deep dish. Right. It's incredible. So Jets pizza and Pizza Luce baby all day long.
0: Okay, man, Jets Pizza. This is a this is a slightly a slightly uncommon situation that has arisen. <laughs> jets is something I've heard of and yeah. seen, yeah. and bo- and went hmm. I am curious, but we do not have one around here. So, <laughs> I I've have, I've have, I've have been curious about Jets for a while. So you're. You're making me listen. Like, I'm
1: if I you like do it. spicy too, go get a pepperoni jalapeno from Jets. Eat that corner piece first. I'm telling you, dude, I'm not even overselling it. <laughs> it's delicious. You just gotta know. You just gotta be cool to do. It's like high-low, right? It's like you have a fancy pizza that you like and you've got that, you've got that like OG greasy five dollar pizza that you like. And that's mm-hmm. the, dude, I'm telling you, Jets is the best one.
0: And then on the other side, I have also heard of Pizza Luce
1: yeah. before. Oh, so yeah. Was,
0: yeah. so I was like, oh, he's gotten mm,
1: alright, Oh, Luce, all right. Luce is incredible. And they they also, they do these amazing, like, events and block parties, and they put on these big bike rides. I mean, I just love the organization, the company, as well. But that Ruby Ray Pizza, man. Next time, if you ever get out to Minneapolis, let, let's go hit Pizza Luce. Dude, we'll do a bang-bang. I'll tell you what, we're gonna hit Jets first. Okay. We're gonna get a slice <laughs> of that pepperoni jalapeno. Oh, we're yes, not, please. We're not even going to leave that much room dude but it's all good because then we're going to go to pizza luce and we're going to get that ruby ray mm. and we're going to stuff mm. it down and it's going to be a great night so that's you and that. me in minneapolis together just palling down dude talking about guitars and basses eating pizza
0: absolutely we got to do it we'll make it happen <laughs> <laughs> amazing dude thank you so much for doing this this was awesome
1: oh it's my pleasure thanks so much for having me man Mm-hmm.
0: All right, everybody, for Ian, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. Take care, everybody. All right, there you have it. There's another one in the can. Please make sure you check out Ian on the interwebs. I think he puts most of his eggs in the Instagram basket. So give him a follow at his name there Ian Martin Allison. And that will, of course, be linked in the show notes. Hit me up if you need anything. Info at tonemob.com. I'm always around trying to. Lend assistance wherever I possibly can. And if you could, please, 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 please share this with somebody that you think might like it. Please share this with anyone that you think would get some value out of it. I really, really appreciate everybody that does that because, honestly, without that happening, the show doesn't exist. And, you know, quite frankly... I'm out of a job, and my family seems to like to do this thing called eating food. So, you know, if you could keep sharing this, keep this thing going, I would super, super appreciate it. I really, really appreciate all the support. Thank you so much, and I will be talking to you on the Internet very soon. Later, hosen. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you.
2: Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello out there.
0: Yes, welcome out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McLean. So, please subscribe to Numbat the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you
2: so much. We'll be seeing you.